There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's another Panther Rants podcast of Lot Harris. It's Monday. And, you know, I didn't do a, I did, I used to do two podcasts a week, and I only did one last week, and really I just didn't feel like doing one. Didn't feel like doing one towards the end of the week. I don't know what it was, it's just one of the things. But anyways, we got a lot to talk about today. I guess we do. I don't know. It's December. I'm sure some of you guys have brought up your holiday shopping already. Me, I don't know. I got that to figure out. And of course, figure out dinner for Christmas. And of course, the kids' Christmas programs. And you know, thank God you know my youngest doesn't doesn't you know, can't do one yet, so I don't have to worry about that. But my two other ones go to the same school and they got theirs on different days, so I guess I'll be there. I'll probably be working from home both of those days, figuring that out. But anyways, it's been a long, so far it's been an interesting December for Pittsburgh sports. Well, in terms of football, I guess you can say, because I'm not sure how the Penguins are doing. Obviously, we have Pitt dropping the... Uh, I mean, we'll start first. Pitt football, ACC. Championship game. Pitt lost that one pretty bad. Eight yards passing. Yada, yada, yada. Then, of course... Pitt had a... Um, I guess um, Tim Salem, I guess, their uh, tight ends coach, had a visit with... Uh, Travis Kuntz, the, the the tight ends that decommitted from Pitt earlier in the season because he saw what kind of a clusterfuck the uh, offense was. And according to them, <coughs> Kuntz, all Tim Sinlin was stressing to him was how great he'd be in the running game. And, you know, I'm not sure if things have uh, passed these guys by, but you know, in terms of tight ends, I'm sure tight ends love the block, but tight ends love to catch passes too. They like to be inter- integral parts of the passing game. We've seen that for years. I mean, we saw it with like, uh, let's see, Ozzie Newsom, Tony Gonzalez, even the, even our own you know, backyard, Heath Miller. He was a big integral part of it. And for going pit football-wise, well, there's Scott Orndorff. J.B. Holtzkopf passes. Doran Dickerson did too, but I think he was more of like an H-back. 
He was some sort of, you know, position. Whereas Nate Byam was actually your true tight end, and Nate was more of a blocker. So for Pitt, I think if they're trying to get themselves a tight end, well, they're going to have to probably get themselves one who wants to block a lot, who's more of a blocking tight end, or get themselves a, a, a quote-unquote athletic lineman and have him play, play both positions. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, if we're going to throw passes to, uh, to, to our linemen, you know, let one of them do it. But uh, supposedly Penner Doozy has another has one last visit with this kid. If we make it that far, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm I'm grateful the kid actually still is keeping Pitt in mind because most would have just moved on by now. But I saw he had an offer from Georgia or a visit for, to Georgia coming up. So if uh, Georgia wants him, you know, an SEC team, they'll take him. And I'm sure he'll go. He'd be dumb not to. But I think he would, um, as long as they're throwing the ball to him. Because I think he he really needs to go somewhere where they actually, you know, I don't know, develop their tight ends to to do more than just block. I mean, if Pitt's hard, I'm not running the ball. Just line up in a jumbo package with a receiver, a fullback, and a tight end, and or two tight ends, and be done with it. Or just add extra linemen because you don't have any tight ends because they all are, are transferred pretty much. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. And uh, good luck with Penner Duzio on that one. You know, if, if he gets the, the, the in-house visit. I don't think it's going to sway the kid anymore because, you know, my thing is, is be upright and honest with a kid. If you're not going to throw passes to him, tell him so he can go and knock you off and eliminate you from the list. I mean, I get that you want the guy on your team, but if you're not going to do things to, uh, you know, any offense will accommodate his skill set, then stop wasting his time. Move on. And uh, we had a transfer, Darian Street left, and I forgot, you know, to be honest with you, I know he was the brother of Devin. I forgot Darian was even on the roster. That's pretty much, you know, sums up, you know, the, his short playing career here, Pitt, in, in a nutshell. Nobody really heard of him, and He's probably going to be buried in a depth chart no matter what. And on top of that, our passing game sucks, so he's probably never going to see the see the ball anyway, so whatever. But, you know, he's got to do what's best for him. Best of luck to him. But also, I decommit as well. Kadri Jackson... He's a uh, safety from Florida, decommitted from Pitt. And, you know, <clears throat> that's pretty much the... Um, 
that's pretty much the risk you take when you uh, recruit Florida. Because something's always going to happen. Whether it's a coaching change, another school offers you. And he committed to pit early in the process, so I'm sure he's got a lot more interest in some other schools because, you know, he's in Florida, so you got ACC and you got uh, SEC in that area. And I'm sure he gets a big, there's also, you know, bigger schools as well, you know, Big Ten recruits there. So there's Big 12. So I'm sure he's got a lot more interest. And also, plus you get coaching changes as well, where he may have liked the school and he just didn't like the coach that was there. And now that the you know, staffs are changing, he can go ahead and uh, make his pick. But decommits are part of life, and that's just that. Like I said a few weeks ago, it's awesome if Pitt gets to the ACC Coastal title. It's division title. It's great. And get the ACC championship game. But if you can't, you know, if you can't build on that, if you can't build on it on any, any type of way, then, you know, it's just another plaque in your freaking plaque in your trophy room. That's about it. So, Pitt has to build off that momentum and they, you know they can't do it I don't know what to tell them I'm sure you guys can't either but that's just that I mean <clears throat> because they're going to have to figure something things out because Miami's not going to be down for long North Carolina change of coaches, so is Georgia Tech. Things are getting a little more tougher in the ACC Coastal in the upcoming years. So I hope they, whatever it is, I hope they figure it out. Now, pit basketball is another issue itself. Well, they lost a close game to Iowa. They beat Duquesne where they struggled for most of it, but won it. And that's the thing with Duquesne is <clears throat> the last two years since they had this coaching change, they've begun a lot of hype, and it's and you know it's a certain publication has been hyping the hell out of them because they cover them more extensively. And I understand it. I mean, you don't want to extensively cover like a university like Duquesne and pretty much tell them that their basketball program sucks and, that, and that nothing's ever going to get any better. So you have that. Then Pitt also, then Pitt then went to lose on a heartbreaker to Niagara, which was a real crappy team. And then, uh, well, they went to uh, the backyard brawl and got their asses beat. I mean, Pitt did all they could against them. It's just that West Virginia is a tough place to play. And that's a, it's pretty much it was a bad matchup to begin with. You know the Hoopies are pretty much a tough matchup in general. They're very they're they're big and physical, and Pitt 
doesn't have that right now. You know, and pits, you know, so you can tell where, what happened, you know, where the size advantage really got to them. You know, and did them in. I mean, it sucks, but, you know, it's just life and things, things will get better for Pitt. Just not right now at the moment. But um, obviously there's going to be some growing pains here and we're seeing them right now and and to be honest with you it's good we're seeing them now because I'd hate for this team to walk into ACC play with, with a really good ass record and start sticking up the joint because the, the schedule got tougher and people pretty much wanting to uh, fire the coaching staff again all of a sudden because you know You know, because things aren't going right. <laughs> we need Dixon back. This is horrible. You know, pretty much that right there. But, um, you know, you got that. And, of course, we'll round things off with the um, the Steelers. You know, a few. You know, it's it's funny. A few weeks ago, the Steelers had the uh, the North wrapped up. Things were looking good. Now they've lost their last three games, and on top of that, you got Baltimore. Who made a change at uh, quarterback? They've been playing really well, and if, and if um, and if they don't blow that game against Kansas City, they're probably a half game out of first place. Although Lamar Jackson, you know, is not really a world beater. I mean, he's but he's what's great about him is he's actually doing the damn thing. I mean, he's winning games. He's getting the job done in Baltimore. He's doing this, you know, doing a lot of his feet. You know, he's made some plays, you know, throwing the ball as well. But plus, Baltimore's got a really good defense as well. And right now, they're up, they're on the up and up. Whereas the Steers have lost their last three games. They lost to, uh, you know, mediocre Dem- Denver team. They had all this momentum against uh, San Diego. And in the second half, they just fell apart. Then they blow this game against the Raiders, which I have no idea. I don't know what it is about the Raiders, but it seems like no matter how bad they are, the Steers can never beat them. I remember what game was against. Yeah, it was the it was the Gradkowski game where he uh, when he played for the Raiders, he threw for five touchdown passes on the Steelers. Gave him his big Super Bowl memory, but they you know they lost their last three. James Conner was out, although they were giving him the ball much anyway because they went to a more pass 
heavy attack. Uh, you know, the, the only thing I can really say about the past heavy attack is you got Antonio Brown, you got J.J. Schuster. You have some really good, talented wide receivers, and they both want the football. And so when we got that, you got a lot of mouths to feed. So there you have it. It just is what it is. But whatever it is, the Steelers need to work it out because, well, they went from pro- they went from probably a first round by team to probably a, uh, playing the wild card round. And then you got the Texans, who I uh, you know they lost to the Colts, and the Colts are getting better. Andrew Luck is getting there health wise, and you know the Colts are a bad team. They just uh, they'll be really good. And they'll be a force next year. I mean, not not Super Bowl wise, but they'll be they'll they'll be a force in terms of they'll be overly hyped like they like they used to be before Andrew Luck had all his injury problems. But uh, yeah, as far as that goes, that's that with with the downsides of pit pit, of pit uh, more like uh, pit athletics and the Steelers. I know the Penguins are having their struggles, but people are pissed off because, you know, we let Mark Andrew, Mark Andrew Fleury go, go because Mary Murray's been struggling, but Mark, you know, Mark Andrew's been gone for about over, over a year now, and he's not coming, I mean, what's done is done, he's not coming back. And with uh, Matt Murray, you had a guy who you won two cups with, and he caught a hot hand, and he's a lot younger, so you go with youth at that point. Because you're not sure how much how much of a tank Flurry has. Although he did went to a, he did go to a Stanley Cup last year. And a lot of people said that that you know, that, you know Vegas was handed that really good team, and the thing with the NHL is they ha- they probably had to do that because. That team had to be an instant success. Otherwise, if they're a shitty team, nobody's ever going to go to the games and they're never going to build any momentum. You know, the NHL just doesn't have that luxury like other you know, other you know, leagues have. It just... Hockey, you know, goes to a d- different demographic overall. And on top of that, you can't really see a lot of hockey games on national TV anyway. So, they hit more households, more demographics. They got to be on the TVs, the houses of these peoples, and you're just not going to see them. But anyways, guys... We got a uh, bowl lineup to talk about. The ACC bowl lineup. <clears throat> and it's a pretty nice slate of bowls here. I mean, I mean, um, eleven ACC teams got bowl games. Think about that. Eleven teams. 
are going to play in bowl games from the ACC, which is not bad. It's really good, actually, because there's about 16 teams in the in the league itself. Or is it 14? One of the two. Yeah, or is it 14? Well, they had 12. They added um, BC and... No, not BC. They added Pitt and Syracuse. So it was 14 there. Then they had Louisville for 15. And I think that's it, actually. Because you know what? They have their name as all sports except for football. Yeah, that's right. They have their name in all sports except football. So they need the uh, 16 teams for basketball. So they don't have we'll only have 15 for football. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that was it. Yeah, it was between uh, Louisville and UConn for the last bid. That's how that's how it went down. But I mean, the ACC could have another member for just fo- you know, football only. I mean, a lot of teams would love to do it. Cincinnati would do it. I mean, just call Cincinnati and just call it a day. I mean, hey, we're done with this expansion. But I'm thinking they want all the all the sports to be tied in as well. And I did see an article about how, um, you know, in a few years there'll be more TV. Um, And some TV contracts will be up, and there may be more expansion coming. But ACC Sun is great at rights, and they're good till about, I don't know, 20, 35, which means another 15, 16 years. So I'm not really worried about expansion or who they're going to add. I know the Big 12, you know, is dumb because they don't need to add teams because they. You know, got what they wanted a conference game without having 12 teams in conference. And uh, Houston was a, uh, a candidate to expand. And the thing about Houston is uh, the only benefit this would do for the Big 12 is the lock, it would be the lockdown recruiting there because Houston, for the most part, is. It's actually lately it's become more SEC land than anything else. A lot of AM, a lot of LSU alums here. It's it's a lot more become it's I mean, that's the thing about um, this part of Texas, it's a crucial part of it in terms of recruiting. You don't want to lose it. But of course with the you know there's so many colleges in Texas that, you know, I'm sure he's Houston kids can go anywhere. They can go to Baylor, Texas Tech, UT, because that's where they all want to go. Or they go to A&M to go play SEC football. And of course, there's uh, TCU. They're you know that's another Big Twelve school. I mean, if they want to go AEC, they go to SMU or you know, Houston, or Conference USA to go Rice and UTEP. Or North, North Texas. Plenty of places to go. Anyway. Let's get back on topic here. So we got a bunch of bowl games. 
So our first bowl game is Wake Forest at Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl. So Pitt avoided avoided this uh, ship this shipwreck of a bowl game because it was it was a big possibility Pitt would end up here. But the ACC wanted us in the Sun Bowl, which is awesome. I mean, we don't see that a lot from the ACC. Them vouching for schools like us, ever. Usually they give this bowl game to somebody else, but we got the Sun Bowl. Anyways, um, that game itself, I like Memphis to win that one. I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll, they'll wax Wake. Wake uh, played better in the second half of the season, but they're not all that great. So, but still, <laughs> they'll get waxed. Uh, Boston College and Boise State in the first responder bowl. I mean, these bowl games are, I mean, these names are, are great. I mean, the first responder bowl, I mean, first, I mean, I guess that's some sort of, uh, is that like a, uh, I have to look that up. Is that like some sort of foundation, some sort of club or, or is it a, um, I don't know. Is it like one of those uh, urgent care places? Cause those are all over the thing. We got Georgia Tech and Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl. But anyways, I think I think Boise is going to whack BC in that one as well. Georgia Tech and Minnesota. Minnesota sucks. I think Georgia Tech will wax in the Quick Lane Bowl. And after Christmas, well, I mean, that was the day after Christmas. And the, the 27th of the summer, we got Duke and Temple in the Independence Bowl. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's played in Philly. I mean, it's independent, so I mean, it would make more sense. But of course, there's no, there's no location of this bowl game on here on this list that I'm looking at. I do in this one. They'll win it. Miami Wisconsin playing again in a rematch of last year, but this time in the Pinstripe Bowl. I actually think Miami's going to win it this time around because mainly because Wisconsin just just wasn't that good this year. And Wisconsin, not only that, weren't, weren't as good this year. They had a same, they had the same shitty quarterback situation. And we also, we all saw what happened with Pitt when they played with, you know, Miami, and that defense with the shitty quarterback. Well, we got pasted pretty bad. So yeah, this game should probably be low scoring. Miami probably will pull away with this one because this time around, I think. Um, you know, last year Paul Chris had a pretty decent team. If he'd had a if he'd had a quarterback, they would have um, done some damage. But I think uh, Miami's going to you know be a lot more physical in this one. They're going to take care of business. Come on. Anyways, moving along. Syracuse and West Virginia in the uh, freaking camping bowl. Now, Will Greer and another uh, West Virginia player as well, I think of the, the lineman, isn't playing in this bowl game. And, you know, I can't really blame Will Greer, and I know this is a big deal for a lot of people. But, um... Will Greer obviously knows he's going to get drafted 
or has a really good chance of getting drafted. So, Will Greer is going to do what's best for Will Greer. That's just the reality of the whole situation. I mean, people are going to say, well, you made a commitment to your team and this and that. So, you should, you should play in the bowl game. and Really, you know, I don't blame them. It's, the game's meaningless. It's a perfect opportunity. Now it's a perfect opportunity to, uh, you know, play younger players and get some reps in for some of the other guys. I'm sure it pisses off bull reps, but... Maybe if you give them some incentive to play, then maybe they will, uh, they will, what's it called? They'll play in the bowl game. But if there's no incentive for them, they won't play. I mean, sure, these guys get, you know, they, they get gifts. Some get PlayStation, some get watches, some get shopping sprees, some get compasses or some crap like that. But if these, I mean... If you're not getting anything, you know, then forget it. So I don't blame Will Greer for missing the bowl game. I mean, we saw back in 2002 in the National Title game, him and the Willis McGahee when he played in the National Championship game, and he he pretty much tore up his leg. I mean, he uh, he did get drafted, and he managed to have uh, somewhat of you know somewhat of a play career. But um, there are players that just don't want to take that risk anymore. And I think Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State might be doing the same thing as well. And, of course, Sports Bar Brooks, who uh, just came back. And you know what? I was always curious where this guy left, why this guy left. And I want him back so bad, but I really don't. I now ring the half of stuff he writes about. I'm not sure if I really would. I wouldn't mind if he would disappear again. But um, he's been on this whole pay college players kick, and he basically said, "Well, if, you know, if, if Dwayne Haskins was you know being paid, do you think he missed this bowl game?" I mean, let's be honest here. He's he's probably getting paid now as it is. And even if he got paid as a player, legally, he wouldn't make as much as a pro. So he probably would still sit at this game anyway. Unless there was a term in his contract where it says, hey, we're paying you. You got to play in these bowl games too. But since none of that's none of that's really happening here, it's all freaking irrelevant to begin with. So it doesn't matter. They're not being if they are getting paid, it's probably not enough for them to uh, play in the bowl game. And I don't think a booster who's probably handing handing him money is going to say, "Hey, we're paying you." At least you can do is play this bowl game, and then he can say, "Well, you know what." 
I'll just go to the NCAA and told me to tell them how much you've been paying me, and then they can come investigate you. So either way, Ohio State, their hands are tied to begin with. So really, none of it matters. All right, now, Virginia and South Carolina in the Belk Bowl. I don't know about this one. I think I think South Carolina will win this one as well. I think this used to be the Continental Tire Bowl that we all remember and love so much. Clemson, Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. And this is round one of the playoffs. I think Clemson's beatable in terms of Notre Dame. You know, for, with the terms of their name, but I think uh, I don't think Clemson's passing game is all that great. But they have a great running attack, and I think they're just going to pretty much destroy their name with that. And they have a very physical defense. So if their name struggles Pitt, then they're struggling Clemson. And we got our last three bowl games here. We got Virginia Tech playing Cincinnati in the military bowl. I mean. Cincinnati finished ten and two this year, and they get their draw is six and six. Virginia Tech it was four and six. It just had to have this bowl game. We got Pitt and Stanford, as we all know, in the uh, Sun Bowl. Last time we came here, we only we, we didn't score any points. Let's uh, try to score some points this time, guys. But right now, I like Stanford in this one. But you know, maybe people get up. Maybe people develop a passing game sometime between here now and now and then. We'll see. NC State, Texas A&M, and the Gator Bowl. This this is a good matchup, I think. By the A&M waxes uh, NC State this time around. NC State had a great season, but um, A&M's I think is gonna be a lot more tough. I think Jimbo's gonna go lock down on them. Well, that wraps up all the bulls. We wrapped up all the disaster, disastrous shit that's happening in Pittsburgh. And, you know, well, we, well, yeah, there's the Hall of Fame as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. So the Hall of Fame for baseball voted in two more members. Uh, Lee Smith made a lot, lot of sense because I remember watching him play, and he was a freaking dynamite reliever really really good he makes sense but then they uh, voted in Harold Baines and I have no idea what sense this made I mean his stats aren't bad I mean he didn't you know well he's got you know close to 400 career home runs he's got almost 3,000 hits I mean, I watched the I watched the guy play when I was a kid growing up, when I was a big baseball fan. But he wasn't a bad player. I mean, but there's there's not much about him that I would um, say that he would be a um, a Hall of Famer. There's not much all that I would say. You know, I mean, if you look at like you know Terrell Davis. He got in the, the football Hall of Fame despite having his career being short with injuries. And if you watch the play, he was definitely a Hall of Famer. Same with uh, Sterling Sharp. 
Charlie should be in. He was a Hall of Famer. He was really good. But there's not much on, you know, on the resume of Harold Baines that screams Hall of Fame, but whatever. All I know is that Joe Carter was on that list. And he deserved it more. I mean, same with Earl Hershiser. Those two guys you could have voted in as well. They made a lot of sense. <clears throat> I remember when Bill Mazeroski got in. And there was a lot of debate about him. I mean, the, I mean, the, for one thing, the Veterans Committee voted him in. And I think they looked at his offensive stats. By any means. They were horrible. I mean, they were pretty much just your average, you know, he was just an he was just your average, you know, maybe like 260 hitter, maybe. Didn't hit any home runs. I mean, he was pretty much your prototypical second baseman in his day. You know, not a lot of those guys were, you know. Not a lot of those guys were, you know, were power hitters. Or I, could, I mean, I could be wrong, but a lot of, a lot of them either, either, you know, they hit for average. I mean, growing up for me, the guys that were always the home run hitters were the, were the outfielders. And sometimes you may get a first or third baseman that, that, that could kill, that could kill the ball. Sometimes even a catcher. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, I don't follow baseball as much, but I'm sure it's changed a lot. But Mazeroski had a bunch of gold gloves. I mean, he had maybe 10 to 12 gold gloves. And he was really good at his position on defense. So, it you know, I understand his offensive numbers were great. But it's hard to... Um, it's hard to keep a guy out of the Hall of Fame who had, who had that many gold gloves as he did. So I think eventually he was going to give them, you know, one way or the other. I'm just happy he was alive when he got in. But a lot of people who said Washington play, they said he was definitely Hall of Famer. I said, you know, maybe not for terms of hitting, but his defense made him what he was. So you know, if you pass the look tests, he passed look tests. Anyways, guys, I almost got 40 minutes on this bitch. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Hell to pit. And let's hope that uh, these teams gather freaking funk.